Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. G'day, mates. It's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins... I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. My whole life has been filled with crazy, otherworldly experiences, but the most vivid ones that I think of, they are the ones from my childhood home. I lived in a very rural area up in the mountains. It would take us 45 minutes to an hour to get into the city, driving up and down windy, dangerous roads. Back in the early 2000s, my parents and I lived in a neighborhood that was heavily involved in witchcraft, Satanism, etc., We didn't actually discover this until we had moved away, but it all made a lot of sense afterwards. We lived in this house for five years. So our house was two stories. We had a basement, which was our family room, that also had a separate office room. We detached the door to this room so that it would be permanently open. Directly facing the couch, we would sit on to watch TV together as a family often. Adjacent to the office, we had an electric piano right against the wall so the office entrance would be on our right if we were sitting there. To go upstairs, you'd have to directly pass the office and face the door that goes into our garage. This info is all pretty important later, so bear with me. Now, the first year was fine, but gradually, the events became much more malicious and sinister, to the point that we really couldn't take it anymore. 
We were likely the only Christian family in our neighborhood, and I believe others quickly caught on because we didn't celebrate Halloween and we didn't participate in giving out candy to the neighborhood kids or anything. This seemed to anger our community, even though we were kind to others and kept to ourselves for the most part. Our house was egged and we became a target of seemingly harmless pranks and house vandalism too. And it was then that all of the paranormal events started happening after my black cat disappeared right before Halloween. We were coming home from church one night and it was close to midnight. We pulled into our neighborhood and sitting on the sidewalk corner all by himself was a little boy in a green shirt. My parents were slightly unsettled because, well, it's unsafe and unusual for a child to be out this late at night. They considered talking to this boy, but when we drove by him, he looked up and my parents saw that he had no face. A completely blank slate where his face should have been. Needless to say, they booked at home and my parents didn't tell me at the time because I was about five or six to spare me from nightmares, I guess. But some years later, they told me that this is what happened and it was really weird. But then things started happening around the house too. My mum and I used to take piano lessons, so one day while my dad was cooking lunch, my mum was in the basement practicing on the electric piano. I was in my parents' bedroom watching Stanley, a, a children's cartoon that was really popular back then. And while my mum was practicing piano, a child's hand popped out of the office room and mimicked a child's voice, telling my mum to come and play. She thought that it was me and told me to cut it out. The voice coerced her again to play and my mum became irritated that I was distracting her from practicing. So she stomped into the office to find that there was no one there. I will never forget just how pale she was when I heard her scream my name and run up the stairs. I remember her asking my dad where I was and since I heard her I ran to her asking what she needed me for. She asked me if I was messing with her and I told her that I had no idea what she was talking about. My dad chimed in and said that I was in the bedroom the whole time too. She concluded that it must have been her imagination in the end, apologized to us and went back downstairs. But not even 10 minutes later, she runs back up the stairs panicking, saying that the child's hand appeared again in the office talking to her. And now she knew for a fact that there's no way that it could have been me. She was freaked out for the rest of the day for sure. Another instance was when we were watching The Ring in the basement at night. I know, right? Probably not the best choice, but around the time of the first jump scare of the movie, when they open the closet and see the disfigured girl, my dog starts barking like crazy at the same office entrance. He would charge at it and then sort of back away, as if something was trying to force its way closer to us. All of a sudden, though, it became really cold and I started crying because I felt scared and uncomfortable at my dog's strange behavior. My dad turned on the light in the office, but nothing was there. My dog was going nuts and chasing something that we clearly couldn't see. And at that, we decided to call it a night and go upstairs to bed. My dog had a big crate in the garage that he would sleep in, so my dad put him there before he went to bed. It was at this point, though, that we called a minister from our church to come and pray for us. He prayed for our protection, but... Things just got so much worse after that. 
A few nights later, we all woke up to screaming coming from the garage. It sounded like a little girl being brutally murdered, screaming so loud that it pierced our ears. My dog was also barking like crazy, so we knew that we had to do something. My mum and I hid behind a dresser, and my dad hesitantly took a long decorative bamboo stick as his weapon to go to the garage and see what was going on. He said that he was shaking going downstairs, and the screaming got louder and more violent right up until his hand touched the doorknob. As soon as he did, there was complete silence. It was eerie though and too quiet. The only thing making noise was my dog whimpering and barking, so my dad got him as quickly as possible and noped right back up the stairs. We started sleeping in the same room after that. Once we settled back down... My mum and I fell asleep first, but my dad was apparently wide awake for some time. He said that he could hear something pressing buttons on the TV remote on his bedside table. He didn't dare look, but shut his eyes and pretended to go to sleep until eventually he did. Another day, my mum was at work and dad was outside mowing the lawn. Being an only child, not interested in AOL dial-up internet yet, I had to find ways to entertain myself... I was spinning in circles until I made myself dizzy. But mid-spin, I saw a man standing in the hallway with a gun pointed right at me. I was really startled, but I was so dizzy that I fell over, scared half to death. I screamed for my dad and ran sloppily to the front door. I didn't want to look back to see if he was still there. My dad was worried sick for me in my panicked state, but I mean, what could he do? What could any of us have done? Eventually, Dad put the house up for sale and sold it to, like, the first buyer, I think. We were out of there so quickly that it wasn't even funny. But these events, they honestly traumatized me, and I'm extremely hypersensitive to spiritual energy, I guess you could call it, evil stuff. Horror movies, they don't really scare me at all compared to the real fear and panic that you feel in moments like this if you've ever experienced them. Anyway, if you've listened for this long, then thank you very much. I do hope that you guys enjoyed hearing my experiences, and it feels good to get it off my chest. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Look, I know that this is kind of a lot all in one night, but this is exactly as it happened. And if you have any insight, well, it's definitely welcome. I still don't understand how it all could be connected, but this past week, 
My friends and I rented a cabin in Hatch, Utah, at the base of some mountains. We were so high up that the house didn't have AC, so we opened all the windows. This matters for later. We were surrounded by beautiful tall grass, awesome views. It was just perfect. We went out at night to stargaze, and that's when things started to get a bit weird. My husband and I were out by ourselves after our friends went in when we saw a ton of what we thought were satellites out of nowhere. They formed into a sort of triangle shape and suddenly the night sky that was inside the triangle started to move with the lights very slowly, almost like something was using a cloaking device to hide what it was. We both thought UFO instantly and couldn't believe what we were seeing. As soon as it appeared, it zipped off and we didn't see anything else again, but noticed that all the sound had stopped. What I mean is that there was no sound from bugs, bats, or anything, except there were tons of shooting stars and a few what looked like meteors as soon as it was gone. We both went inside to tell our friends because we felt a bit uneasy because of this. I do wish that that was it, but... About an hour later, we were in our room getting ready for bed when we heard a high-pitched whistle outside. We both sort of laughed at this and joked about skinwalkers and wendigos. I don't really believe in that stuff, so again, we laughed it off and we got into bed. But not even ten minutes later, we heard heavy footsteps on the deck outside of the room and heavy breathing. I was honestly paralyzed with fear for about 15 seconds while we listened to it stomp heavily with a guttural deep breath. I then jumped up and hit the lights outside on the deck and threw open the blinds yelling, assuming that it was a bear, but when I did, there was nothing there. It had rained heavily that day though and there were no prints on the deck either, or dirt or mud around the house or anything. Now. I 100% believe in aliens, but I just cannot explain that second encounter. Has anyone else experienced anything like this? Do I need to worry about being followed? Our friends experienced none of this, and I'm honestly just stumped. I felt so uneasy the rest of that first night that I didn't sleep, but after that, nothing else happened for the next three nights that we were there, and I felt totally at ease. So I guess my question is, what did I experience? This didn't happen to me, but to a friend who went hiking to Mount Lawu in Java, Indonesia. Mount Lawu is considered a sacred place by the locals, and people believe it is one of, if not the most haunted mountains in Java. Many people have got lost up there too and some have never been found. One case in particular which I recall is the disappearance of a young boy named Alvin who went hiking up there with some of his friends on New Year's Eve a few years ago and just vanished without a trace. The rescue party gave up after weeks of combing the slopes trying to find him. He was last seen by other hikers near Pasar Dieng, the market or devil's market, an empty grassland near the top where many hikers have reported hearing mysterious disembodied voices, hence the name of Pasar Satan. A few years ago though, my friend and two other hikers, they decided to climb the mountain. There are several marked trails by which you get to the top of the mountain. The busiest one is Candicetto, 
because it is one of the easier trails to pick and the scenery up there is breathtaking. But the ascent, it takes a bit longer. It is a footpath that gradually ascends through pine forests, grasslands and whatnot. He and the two rookie through hikers took this trail. It was his first climb to the top of the mountain. They had met on a, a hiker forum months before and decided to take the easier trail since the other two guys had never attempted a mountain of this caliber before. It wasn't one of those busy days when they arrived and there were only a handful of other hikers around. Their trip went smoothly at first, but soon they were joined by two other hikers from a nearby city. After they broke through the thicket and passed through Pasadiang, my friend began to feel a, a little bit uneasy. And then he noticed something a, a little off with our hiking group. There were now six of them. Somebody else had joined them unnoticed, which was weird. He looked around and stared at his fellow hikers one by one, and nothing seemed out of the ordinary. They all looked familiar to him, which was obviously very confusing. He couldn't seem to recognize the odd one out, no matter how many times he counted and scrutinized their faces. And to make it even worse, he seemed to be the only one who had noticed this. He asked himself if he was becoming disoriented due to the exhaustion or the cold perhaps. And that was when he started seeing glimpses of blurry silhouettes moving around them. He wanted to quit at this point. He no longer felt excited about this hike. He didn't feel like he was going to make it another hour, but there was really nothing that he could do. But they were already halfway to the top and he was sure that he would have had no choice but to return alone if he decided to turn back anyway. He had lost his bearings too. He had no idea where he was or who he was with. When they finally reached the top though, he just collapsed in a heap. According to his friends, he then became delirious and started speaking of random creepy things like when being followed by something and someone watching them in the fog. He even told them to just leave him there because he was going to die anyway and to let his parents know how much he missed them and loved them. It took them a few hours to calm him down and for him to regain his strength and then they decided to set up camp for the night. But the other guys also couldn't sleep that night. They said that they could feel a presence with them. When the first lights of the day appeared in the sky, they quickly dismantled the tents and they packed away everything and began their descent, which luckily only took a few hours down the slope until they made it safely back to base camp. My friend had to be rushed to the hospital, burning up with fever. He had made it through the night and down the mountain, but others just like him, they weren't so lucky. I'm wondering though if anybody has ever experienced this other hiker phenomenon or something similar while climbing a mountain or trekking through the wilderness or something. It's something that I've never really heard anyone else talk about and it's really creepy. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. 
To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When I was a teenager, I grew up in a small town called Bark Burnett, Texas. It's a country town on the Red River bordering Oklahoma My house was located on the outskirts of town, and behind our fence was a giant field where cattle would graze, so it wasn't strange to hear them moo throughout the day and night. Me and my siblings were no strangers to this field, but we would play out there and even camp out there every once in a while to get away from our parents. One day, while my siblings and I were playing basketball outside in the driveway, we started hearing what sounded like a cow giving birth in the distance. It was screaming as if it was in pain, so us being the country kids that we were, decided to jump the barbed wire fence and witness the birth firsthand. As we made our way, we could tell that we were getting closer by the sound of the cries getting louder when all of a sudden the cries just stopped. It went dead silent. Well, we continued to walk in the direction that we last heard the cow when we noticed something about 50 yards away in a clearing. We decided to see what it was, so we all approached it. And to our surprise, we happened to stumble upon three of the cow's legs. They looked as if they had been ripped from the cow while it was still alive and strategically placed in a triangle. There was a massive amount of blood around it, the triangle, but there was no cow anywhere. It's been 25 years and I still think about this. I mean... Where the heck did that cow go? But we didn't hear any trucks or see any tire marks near the legs or anything. In fact, there were no prints anywhere. The whole thing is just a a real head-scratcher. I'm a nurse at a palliative care unit in an old hospital. Throughout my years working at this hospital, I've seen a lot especially being in a palliative care unit. You see a lot of things other people wish they wouldn't. For some of us, at some point, we just have to accept things as they are, I guess. But the unit that I worked in has nine beds in nine different bedrooms, all spread along a sort of long corridor. At the start of the corridor is the lift, and coming out of it, you'd find the cleaning room on your right, where we keep all the cleaning equipment and products, and the nurse's room on your left, along with the entrance through to the stairs. Because of the building and patient safety, and so we can access the other floors easily if in need, 
the administration forbade us from locking the stairs doors. This isn't ideal because some of our patients, in their delusions, can go across our room's door unnoticed and will be in danger to themselves or others, so we always keep the doors closed by tying a bedsheet around the door handles just to keep them together. This is important as well because you need to know this as to what comes next because it's going to start to sound really strange. So, the nurse's room is where we'll spend most of the night shifts doing all kinds of activities, including resting and actually sleeping. Usually, late at night, my routine would include checking on all our patients, checking on all the doors and windows, and to make sure that they're all locked properly, checking on the doors as well to the stairs, and then spend most of the night checking patients' files. This night in particular, I had finished with my rounds and was checking on all the cameras, when my nursing auxiliary came into the nurse's room, she asked me if anything else was needed or if she was okay to sleep for a while. I told her that she was fine to go to sleep, so she took her shoes off, lay down with her back to the room and me facing the wall, and went to sleep. I was reading a new patient's file, who was coming into our unit soon, to know what to expect and how to behave around him, when I started hearing footsteps walking up and down the unit's corridor. At first I just ignored them, thinking that I must be really tired and that my ears were playing tricks on me. I mean, it really wouldn't be the first time by any means. As they persisted though, I started wondering what was going on. I took another look at the cameras, but each and every one of the bedroom and corridor feeds seemed completely normal. The steps though kept coming all the way to the nurse's room, stopping about two steps away from showing at my door then turning around and walking back all the way to the opposite end of the corridor. I waited to see if anything changed, but when it didn't, I stood up to go and check it out. That's when one of our patients, the one in room number seven, started calling us frantically. My auxiliary nurse was still asleep, so I walked carefully out of the room, peeked out of the room and looked around. There was nothing there and the footsteps had stopped, so I rushed to the patient's room. When I got there, he was shouting frantically, huddling against the bed's headboard with what seemed like renewed energy, shouting at me to tell the man in the top hat sitting on the chair in the room to go away and leave him be. Now, usually with patients like these in this state of stress, we just sort of go along with their delusions to calm them down. If there are nurses watching, which I hope there are, then you'll know what I mean. In this case though, with him screaming in the room, I turned towards the chair and started to talk to this imaginary man in a top hat, telling him that he needed to go, that the visiting hours were done and that he needed to leave right now or we'd have to call security. After this, the patient calmed down, thanked me profusely for sending the man away and laid back down to rest. After which, I went back to the nurse's room and back to studying the new patient. As I walked back in, my heart stopped though, all I felt was panic gripping my heart inside of me. As I stood there not knowing what to do and looking at the surveillance cameras, there was a, a big shadow standing right in the middle of the frame of the camera recording the end of the corridor, right in front of the bedroom that I had just been in. I took one step back and leaned backward to check if I could see anything there, but there was nothing. I gave the cameras another quick glance and the shadow was still there, standing terrifyingly still in front of this patient's bedroom door. 
This time though, when I turned to look directly at the corridor again, this thing was there. For a moment, it felt like everything froze in place and I just stood there looking at it like a fool. Then slowly, it turned towards me, a pair of strange dark red eyes showing. It stood like that for a bit, screeched at me, and flew into the patient's bedroom, slamming the door behind it. My auxiliary nurse jumped awake at the slam of the door and started frantically asking me what was going on. I was out of breath by now. I I told her what I had just seen and what had just happened, and she didn't believe me. I asked her to come with me to the patient's bedroom. She agreed, starting to become curious. We walked slowly through the corridor, passing every door carefully. I was afraid that anything would come flying at us at this point. When we got to the bedroom this thing flew into, I pushed the door without going in to check for any kind of danger and immediately felt a breath of freezing air hit my face. The aircon was on in every room and set to 23 degrees, so this was not normal. Nothing came flying at us like I was afraid would happen, but there, right by the patient's bed, there was this shadow. I could tell that it was a man, tall and strong with a top hat over his head. I asked my auxiliary nurse if she could see him, not expecting a no. However, that's exactly what I got. She couldn't see anything standing there and definitely not as clear as I could. Slowly, the shadow turned towards me again. This time it didn't scream. This time it slowly dissipated. Immediately I calmed down. Not only could I not see it anymore, I couldn't feel it either. This sense of calm came over me and the patient seemed okay, so in the end we left the room and went back to the nurse's room. My colleague went back to sleep, but I didn't rest until I checked the rest of the unit to make sure that everyone was safe. After that, I couldn't help but stare at the cameras every minute for the rest of the night. Eventually, our shift was over and would become the shift with the most intense experience that I had ever had. The next day, when nighttime came and I did all my rounds, I went inside room 7 to check on the patient. When I came closer... I realized that he had passed away. This was my first experience with the shadow man and the top hat, but it certainly was not the last and it is still ongoing. I'm the only one who can see him apparently from around the unit, which freaks everyone out. Every single time that I see him, it's under the same circumstances as well. I walk into a patient's room and there's this shadow at the feet of their bed. I wait for a little bit until he turns to me and then dissipates. And one or two days later, the patient always passes away. This is a real story and it's something that I have to live with almost every day now. I'm not sure if this thing is killing people or announcing their deaths, but if you're a nurse in a similar unit or know someone who is, please share this with them and comment what you know about it. I need to know what this is how to deal with it, and if anybody else has experienced the same as me, even if it's a different looking thing or entity or whatever. I can keep you updated on here too, if people are engaging and want to know more that is. Do let me know if you guys want to hear more, and I'll make sure to bring any more future experiences to you. 
But if you're dealing with something like this yourself, then please know that you are not the only one. Maybe this will help you feel less afraid. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. So my great-grandpa fought in World War II. He was drafted in 1943 when he was 23. He's 103 years old now, and just a few days ago, he told me a story that he says was the most horrifying experience that he's had in his life. I asked if it was about Japanese soldiers because those guys were vicious back in the day. He told me no. Apparently, it was something else. I don't know if this story is true or not, but whatever the case, it definitely gave me chills. Feel free to debunk this if you want. He said that nobody ever believed their story, but he still remembers it clear as day, and it still gives him nightmares to this day. So, in 1943, he was stationed in the Philippines, along with others, to hold off the Japanese. However, one day, he and his friend Samuel, who unfortunately passed away decades ago, got separated from their platoon. They were in a province, making their way through the forest within the mountain area, when they both got lost and were separated great-grandfather, who I'll refer to as Gigi from now on, forgot which province it was, but he said that there were a lot of forests and villages. So he and Samuel were looking and calling out for their comrades. They ventured deeper and deeper until they reached the end of the forest. I did ask him, why didn't you just radio for your platoon? But he told me that they did, but for some unknown reason, the communications were scrambled and unintelligible. It concerned both him and Samuel, but Samuel said that they needed to keep calm and tread carefully in case they run into Japanese soldiers. So they both made it out of the forest, but then they noticed that the sun was about to set. But Gigi told Samuel that they needed to set up a camp, and Samuel agreed. That's when Gigi noticed something off in the distance. It was a, a small wooden hut. They both decided to camp inside of it, so they made their way over to the hut. They knocked on the door and checked the place, but there was no sign of people anywhere. But there were clothes scattered around the place. Gigi says that maybe they fled in a panic, to which Samuel agreed with him. So Gigi and Samuel set up camp and ate dinner. Samuel proposed the idea of taking shifts throughout the night to keep a lookout, just in case they get shagged in their sleep by the Japanese. Gigi agreed to the idea and so that's what they did. They both woke each other up and took each place as lookout while the other person slept. While Gigi was sleeping, Samuel abruptly woke him up at one point and told him that he'd spotted movement. Gigi quickly grabbed his rifle and asked him where. Samuel gave the binoculars to Grandpa and pointed in the direction. I saw them in the field, 300 yards away, Samuel said. Gigi looked through the binoculars in the direction Samuel pointed at. At first, he didn't see anything, but then he spotted something moving in the dark. However, when Gigi looked closer, it was just a, a wild boar. 
It's just a pig, Grandpa told Samuel. Samuel took the binoculars to see for himself. Huh, that's weird. It's just standing there, Samuel said. Grandpa looked at Samuel in confusion and asked what he meant. Samuel then said that the boar wasn't moving or anything. It was just standing there staring at them from afar and that it was starting to weird him out a bit. Grandpa just laughed it off and told Samuel that it was probably just his mind playing tricks on him. But then something odd happened. The oil lamp that served as their source of light inside the hut started to slowly go out. Grandpa went over to light it back up, then afterward went back to his sleeping bag. But then the light suddenly went out again. Gigi checked up on it again, thinking that the oil probably went out. But the strange thing was that there was still plenty of oil. Well, Gigi lit it back up again and went back to sleep, but then the flame went out yet again. That's when a terrified Samuel frantically went up to him and said, It's gone! What are you talking about? Gigi asked him. The pig, it just disappeared into, like, thin air. At this point, Grandpa was also starting to get freaked. Gigi then asked him to explain. Samuel said that he was watching the boar through the binoculars when it suddenly just vanished out of existence. Suddenly, as they were talking, a loud thud came from above them, as if something landed on the roof. Gigi and Samuel grabbed their rifles... We need to get out of here, Samuel said. And this is the part in the story where my grandpa said that the rest of the events that happened, he believes are one of the worst nightmares in his entire life. Gigi told Samuel not to panic, to lay low and to stay quiet. And so they did, while tightly gripping their guns close. After a few minutes of silence, Samuel started screaming though. Grandpa turned on his light and... He said that he saw something that he'll never forget. Something straight out of a horror movie. Something that looked like a tongue that was lodged into Samuel's neck. His friend was screaming in pain, trying to remove it from his neck. Gigi snapped out of his shock and shot at the ceiling multiple times, trying to hit whatever the tongue belonged to. After a few more shots, the tongue released to Samuel and slowly retracted back into the hole on the ceiling. Samuel was gripping the side of his neck tightly while screaming, blood trickling down his neck now. Grandpa put a cloth against the wound and told him to keep pressure on it. Afterwards, they collected all their things, exited the cabin, and made a break for it. Grandpa turned around and shined his light on the hut's roof, and what he saw, he described as the most evil-looking and ugliest thing that he's ever seen. I asked him to describe what it looked like once, and apparently it was humanoid. It had two gigantic wings that were bigger than its own body. The wings looked like a combination of a bat's and a hawk's. Its eyes were blood red and glowed in the dark, skin as black as coal, wild unkempt hair, and huge fangs that were visible even though its mouth was closed. Whatever it was, it was just perching on the roof, staring at them. Grandpa acted quickly. He raised his rifle and began shooting at the thing, unloading all the rounds in the gun's chamber. Samuel also did the same thing. But to their astonishment, the monster was unfazed. It just continued to stare at them, unbothered. At that point, Gramps and Samuel started screaming like maniacs while running for the hills. 
By some miracle, the creatures didn't pursue them. They were both so scared that they didn't care if they run into the enemy as long as they didn't encounter this thing again. They managed to make it till morning and came across a small village where they rested. That's when they learned from one of the locals that what attacked them was apparently called an Aswang and that they were very common in the countryside. The locals told them that they were all in God's favor because they survived. After a couple of days, they were eventually reunited with their platoon. When they told the story, only a few believed them, while the others thought that they were probably drunk and ran into the enemy gunfire, hence the injury on Samuel's neck. After the war ended, they all went home, but he could never forget that horrifying encounter that gave him severe PTSD to this day. Samuel unfortunately passed away in his 80s due to a stroke. Now, like I said, I really don't know what to believe, but his story honestly freaked me out. In fact, I just spent the past hour googling Aswangs just to figure out more information. But what do you guys think about all of this? Do you think it's possible, or do you think it's all just made up? G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.